We are live. I haven't taken this off since last mm, week. Lovely. Worn it the whole time. Lovely. Sleeping in it, showering in it. So uh, showering in it. Hello and welcome to another micro episode of Substance, sponsored by Tripping.com. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Jonathan V. Last and Sunny Bunch. Just a quick reminder that full episodes of The Substandard are available every Thursday at 11 a.m. So, this weekend we wrapped up the Australian Open. Did you guys watch anything of it, part of it, some of it, all of it? I watched literally zero seconds of the Aussie Open. I caught about five really? minutes. Zero seconds. I, I Not only did I not watch any of it live, I watched no highlights. The Aussie Open is... The tennis tournament designed for parents of young children. Explain JVL. Because all the action is happening either super late at night or super early in the morning when you're awake anyway because your children are sick or up to go to the bathroom or asking you to come cuddle them or saying, it's Saturday, let's go downstairs and play. Come on, let's play, let's play, let's play. No, my daughter sleeps for 11 hours straight like an angel. And that's all what the time, time is we it, have. Vic? <laughs> what time is it, Vic? Yeah, it's 5.05. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You're one child. So my you have one, one child. One. This is why you only have one, because you hit the lotto with yeah. the first one. Anything after this would be a disappointment. It can't Agreed. possibly be better. I know. I know. Look, I'm. I'm I really, she, she goes to bed at like 8.30. She wakes up. At, she would sleep till probably. I, she would probably sleep for 12 hours if we let her. <laughs> We have to get her up though. She's got, we got things to do. <laughs> you got things. To, hey, baby, wake up! Wake up! Wake up! I want to go wake out. Wake up, baby! <laughs> get up! You know what that's like, right, JVL? Big yeah. girl. Okay. Well, she she gets very angry when we call her baby. Now she says, "No, I'm not a baby. I'm oh, a big girl." Like, okay, yeah. wake up, that big happens. girl. That happens. It's the beginning. It's of very that. funny. It's the beginning of that. Anyway, she's great. But uh, so I'm not awake when the Australian Open she is on because I go watch. to. I didn't watch any of it. Any of it. I watched none of it. I think I must have been watching replays because I saw some middle of the day. The first I saw of it was today when I saw the story by Tom Perotta talking about uh, how great Roger Federer was. I hear he won again. Is that accurate? (laughs) Uh, He won again. He won again. This is number Number 20. 20. 20. Is that the winner? That's it, isn't it? He's four up on Nadal. Is that what's going on here? Oh, he's more than four up on Nadal. He's five or six up on Nadal, right? Uh, Because Nadal is not yet at the Sampras mark. Yeah, he hasn't passed Sampras yet. Sampras was 16. 17. Oh, boy. 16? Okay. Uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll and, effort And that. how old is Federer now? 36. That's So that's pretty remarkable, isn't it? I mean, if you think about, well, how old were, uh, this is, you're going to have to effort this too, where we'll figure this out later. Our listeners will tell us about, like, when I think about Macro or I think about Jimmy Connors, I mean, how old, you know, were the oldest guys when they were winning the last Grand Slam titles? You know? that, so I don't know about that. What I can tell you is it is almost unheard of to win a bunch of Grand Slam titles, because he's now won three in 13 months. Yeah. It's hard to win bunches of them after the age of 27. Mm-hmm. He is long past the yeah. sell-by date. and The only one I can remember doing that recently was Agassi, right? Didn't Agassi have like a late late career comeback? He did, but even his late career comeback was not like this. Yeah. I mean, well, right. It wasn't know, like winning three, three in slams year. in yeah. a year, in a calendar year is I remember is worrying wild. when they shaved his head that he would have no more powers. <clears throat> But the uh, secret was, as we found out in his autobiography, that he was always like that, and he was wearing a wig. 
Oh, you mean the the the, the sort of the metal glam metal hair thing was that was a wig. Wow. And, and it, it didn't come off while he was playing? His first French Open oh final, which he lost to Andres Gomez in straight sets, which I remember as a child being crushed by because I was an enormous Agassi fan. And I had been waiting oh, for him to too. break in and get his first. I mean, I had the the, the jean shorts that you played tennis in, mm-hmm. the Agassi mm-hmm. shirts, the Agassi war- the whole mm-hmm. the whole rock and roll tennis thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I just thought, ah, oh, well... He's going to win because he's Andre Agassi. He's playing this guy nobody's ever heard of, Andres Gomez. Who's he? And he lost in straight sets. And uh, it was he later wrote the entire match, he was ter- He felt the wig slipping, and he was afraid it was going to come off and that his whole image would then just blow up. So do you think he threw the match because he was worried about the hair? If I had a choice no, of played. winning or the hair comes off, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose and keep my hair on. Is he, that what he it said was he more, And you know what? Wow. Not wrong. To his image at mm-hmm. the time, that much more. Imp- it would have been worse for him to. Oh it, my which gosh. would have been worse, losing to Andres Gomez or winning and having your your <laughs> hair come off? And the answer is winning and having your hair come off would have been much worse. Much worse. I, I'm afraid much to say worse. I agree Can you with imagine that. Phil Knight's head exploding. No, I mean I yeah. like yeah. I yeah. what there is no equivalent to anything like that ever happening in professional yeah. sports. No. I like don't I don't even know what the Richie Tenenbaum sitting down on yeah. the court and <laughs> taking his shoes and socks off. I'm trying. I like. Yeah. I, what would what would it what would you even have? I there, is there a baseball equivalent? To I, this? I don't only even know. an only an acting equivalent, which would be like Burt Reynolds, which you know he's always maintained some piece of fake hair. Or Ted Danson, but Ted Danson finally made a joke about it at the end of Cheers, and of course Frank Sinatra always had a piece like Muhammad Ali messing with Howard Cosell's hair. Oh yes, I don't yes, like. Yeah. I don't. I don't actually know what the equivalent. I, I wardrobe malfunction would be yeah, the yeah. equivalent. It would be like you know. Yeah, uh, yeah but that was intentional. Well, the the Janet Jackson one was intentional, but this has happened. Other, there's a famous YouTube clip of uh, Adina Menzel. Have you seen this, Hannah? She's like on stage doing some, you know, like doing a show, and her boob pops out of the dress while she's and she's like in this like very complicated dress. Oh boy! And she, she goes, she's so charming. So she keeps singing while she looks off stage, and the assistant comes out and like. Gets her like resituated. Mm-hmm. At the end of the song, she goes, "The good thing is there isn't an internet, so we won't all see that tomorrow." <laughs> oh, that's good for her. Good for so, her. But these things happen. Well, I remember watching or following Andres Gomez because I used to read all the old catalogs from the Volvo Masters games from the eighties. I used to go there in Madison Square Garden. I used to look at the guide, and he was always a regular. He'd been making the rounds with the Guillermo kid. Guillermo Vilas, yes, Jose Luis Clerk, and uh, finally it was like, okay, he finally got his due. He retired he right that's after it, that. That's it. Because there's, <laughs> that, it will not get any better. It <laughs> was an act of God. No, for he the rest not, of my life. He's say, not possibly going to win again. I would say if we can bring it back to today. Oh, you yes, don't want please. to talk about 1990 tennis? <laughs> talk about, I want to talk about Yannick Noah. I want to talk about the 1990 French Open. I'm really excited that Roger Federer has finally cemented his place as the second greatest tennis player <laughs> of all time, of course. To who? Well, after Serena Williams. Oh. I mean, Serena oh. Williams, you know, 23 Grand Slams, all those doubles titles. She, she, won, she, won, a, she, won, a slam, she won a major while she was pregnant. Roger Federer never did that. And I believe de- Roger Federer's never even been pregnant. She could definitely beat him in a head-to-head matchup. If we look yeah. at, if we look at, if we just look at all of the people who she is, she's the best in her in in the women's game, and the women's game is equivalent to the men's. They serve basically the same. 
They serve almost as hard as each other. They run about the same speeds, you know. Here's why I do not like this argument. Because Serena herself not only does not advance it, but in fact runs all the way in the other direction. She is not Michelle Wee saying, I just want to get on the tour and play with the men because I'm as good as them. Serena always says, I play women's tennis. It is a different sport than men's tennis. If I were to play somebody like Andy Murray, I would lose in about 15 minutes. She has internalized the oppression of the patriarchy, and (laughs) as a result, she needs somebody to come up and explain to her a man, possibly, to explain I, to her <laughs> why she would actually be much better at tennis than somebody like Roger Federer, who is very good for a man, but obviously is the second best player of all time. I am not going to hold Serena Williams responsible for the sins of Nike and ESPN, because that's what that is. I mean, this is what we are, we are reacting against and Twitter. an argument from is Twitter, Nike, Twitter Nike and ESPN too? and Twitter. People on Twitter. Does Twitter actually say this? Oh, of course. Well, Do people I mean, understand not, that not not Twitter corporate. So back like... back when Serena was in her heyday, she played a pro set against her her practice partner, who's a guy who's like number six hundred and fifty in the world, and he beat her six one while smoking and drinking beer <laughs> during the set. This is not, this is why I say it is not fair to Serena to. And I will go one better that Serena and Venus, and I've written this, uh, have almost heroically resisted the tennis establishment's attempt to dragoon them into being race victims for their entire careers. The USDA and the tennis club world has wanted nothing more than for Venus and Serena to be oppressed, victimized African-American minority tennis players. And at every single turn, they have said, pass, not interested. There is there is a famous interview that was done uh, January 20th, 2008, at the Australian Open, where Venus played her match and then is, you know, doing her press conference that you have to do by rules afterwards. And a bunch of foreign reporters start asking her about, did she, did she have a little bit of extra motivation because of what was happening that day? And she was like, I... You know, it's Austra- I'm on Australia time. I don't even know what day it is. But like, well, you know, back home. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, well, the inauguration of Barack Obama, the first black president. And she was like, uh, I don't know. I didn't, you know, I don't vote. I'm a Jehovah's Witness. We we stay out of politics. Um, I'm. I hope that the best person was elected president, and I support the American president. Is that okay? I mean, <laughs> and the answer is no. No, but the, the answer, answer was no. no. The answer That's was absolutely no. What's wrong with you? And then she finally had to say them. She's like, you know, if you guys could ask me questions about tennis, I could answer those really well. Um, these, uh, how do you not know? I don't love Serena as a as an athlete and a player because I think she's sort of a bully and was in total op, op opposition to Venus, who's like one of the sweetest people in the universe and is a class act and whose game I love. I mm. actually think her game is awesome. Um, and beautiful to watch in ways that Serena's is not necessarily. But I respect Serena and Venus, it's not only as tennis players, but in the way that they have refused to play a part in this parade. Mm-hmm. And I think they deserve to be saluted for it. At what, at what point were, uh, was uh, the Williams sisters' father no longer there? Wasn't he their coach for a while and then stopped, or did he stop long a long time, time ago? Long, ta- yeah. long time ago. He was, he was just there. this presence. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. when their parents got divorced, that was part mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing I... One of the many things I respect about them is 
they not only came from a tough environment in South Central Los Angeles, but they came from a tough environment with some crazy parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's worse, do you think? Uh, William's father, Mary Pierce's father. Well, Mary Mary Pierce's father is worse, <laughs> but I would say he's not all yeah. does not seem all that dissimilar from like Stefano Capriati. Uh, um, who is Andre Agassi's dad? No, Andre Agassi's dad is is Mary Pierce level yeah. dad. Professional boxer, right? Wasn't he a Olympic, yeah a boxer, Olympic boxer and a guy? I mean, you know, like Agassi doesn't like talk with his dad much anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like it's a real mm-hmm. he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, but the French Open was awesome. And did you? Uh, did <laughs> Australian you s- Open. The Australian Open. No, but the, but the ninety one French Open was really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was very I'm good. sure it was fine. 